Hi, I'm Nate. And I'm Andrew. Welcome to our show, Two Beards, Please. We are two Wisconsin guys with houses full of women. Which sounded better when we were in our 20s. We're both married with two daughters each, and we'll be getting together to talk about life, tell stories, and try to make each other laugh. And hopefully, you too. Hello and welcome to this episode of Two Beards, Please. This is episode 54. Yeah, it's like Studio 54. <laughs> Do you have your disco ball going? I, I could. I've got one. Uh, yeah, I don't have a disco ball, but I'm dr- I'm doing a lot of Coke. I mean, Coca Cola. No, I'm drinking Coca Cola. Right. <laughs> I, never mind. That introduction failed miserably. Now everybody thinks I'm a Coke addict. No, uh, no, you're too fat. That's true. Yeah. Maybe I need to start doing Coke. Maybe it's like a diet thing. Speaking of fat. Um, yeah. I, I heard some news. You, I texted you when this happened. <laughs> Yeah. uh, If you haven't listened to our very first flagship episode, Fat Guy Problems, go back. You're going to want to go back and listen to that. Yeah, and listen to it right now. We will wait for you. All right. Welcome back. And there's also another episode dealing with this topic with our friend, uh, Put Away Your Host, Steve. Yeah, Steve. Yeah. Go back and listen to that. Go back and listen to that one, too. (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) So so now the pre story before we get into our topic for this episode. I was at a. A sportsman's banquet over the weekend and this is some something that my dad's sportsman's club puts on every year and i've been going up for several years in in the last four it's like or five, a hunting thing is this like a yeah something like that like a hunting like banquet. a hunting thing yeah. ducks unlimited type of deal or exactly something? so very very similar yep yeah uh and so the last four or five years i've been meeting two of my high school buddies and we've been going and hanging out and just having a really good time getting yeah. together and yeah you know, these are guys i've been friends with literally since we were in kindergarten so <laughs> right right uh, so, so it's been a pretty long, much your whole life long long time <laughs> right right so i'm sitting with them jason and jeremy are their names and so i'm sitting with them we're talking i've got my two beards please t-shirt on of course <laughs> uh, so very ad- appropriate advertising for the you know people that are yep. in the room so yep. then i decided okay i'm gonna go over and talk to my dad we got a point in the program where there was a little bit of a break and mm-hmm. my dad was hanging out at one of the booths because he was working the actual event sure so i went over and was talking with him a little bit and the guy that was sitting next to him got up and walked away so i'm like all right well i'm tired i'm gonna sit down <laughs> so i sat next mm-hmm. to my dad and these are the metal like the solid old you know when you can sit, like are they folding metal chairs or folding are they stacking yeah. metal folding chairs metal yeah, folding yeah, chairs yeah. like you'd see in wwe or yeah, yeah, ch- yeah. church basement right right yeah like heavy sure. duty chairs i've never had a problem ever sitting on before right. never right. always been comfortable until saturday <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. So I sit down next to my dad and we're talking, shooting the breeze. All of a sudden, boom, the chair just literally explodes, explodes and underneath you. And I, <laughs> I literally drop. I, again, because you and I talked about this in the Fat Guy Problems episode, we yep. always have a tendency to sit with our feet under us. So yes. just for just that in case. happening. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I was able to not completely fall over and look completely stupid, but right. I, I, I obviously fell. Uh, strained my back a little bit, but I'm okay. Yeah. But <laughs> I look up and all the people that are sitting at the first table are looking over at me like, what the hell Oh, gosh. Happened? He did it. He broke uh, it. I, always I, am, wanted to, uh, I almost wanted to stand up and say, here, uh, go to our website. I'll be talking about this <laughs> for our next episode. I, I almost um, did that. When you texted me, I had just 
I think sent in like my res- registration for our men's retreats for church. And so like yeah. I've gone to every one, but last year we didn't have one because of COVID. But that was, I think the last time I broke a chair was at one of those. So you're, um, due. you're due for one. So I'm due for one. And <laughs> so we, we go up to Camp Luther, which is up in northern Wisconsin. It's yeah. like a three lakes, some, you know, summer camp for yeah. kids, but adults too, you know, I mean, it's not, but the, the old cafeteria had these like old kids chairs essentially like yeah. bake light seat yeah. with the metal you know i think and you, i think you told this story yeah and man i flattened that chair like it was a pancake and so, so i've you, heard the the rumor is they redid the they got a whole new building and cafeteria so i'm wondering if they have uh upgraded their chairs i'll I'm, i'll be sure to test one so you've got a new one to break <laughs> Yeah, this I, two weeks I think I'll be up there, and so I'll be testing out the the new cafeteria chairs, see if they're fat ready. Um, there, there you go. Their their folding chairs are <laughs> metal, and I realize air quotes on a podcast is not effective, but I'm doing air quotes. Their folding chairs are metal with plastic seat and back. I don't even I don't even try yeah, to sit in those. Yeah, metal being like a, uh, you know old pop cans, I think. So I usually sit on these benches on this on the the perimeter of the the room when we have the group time but i'm just gonna sit here and lean against the wall yeah yeah just i'll be i'm gonna bring my own chair i'll be fine (laughs) all right well speaking of fat guy antics uh, i want to take a minute and promo another show i think we talked about these two in the past this is our friends uh, jason and julie does he have some chair breaking stories too he he does yeah in fact he shared a couple with us and some of the antics that he's done uh he talks about some real funny stuff that he did over vacation tied to mm-hmm. custom shirts that he had made up and other things Perfect. so uh, we're going to drop their promo in right here so this is jason and julie from that's my spouse podcast new members of the titan cast network hi everybody i'm julie and i'm jason we're that's my spouse podcast check out this clip from our recent episode what did you cook? Not a great, this wasn't the greatest week of my life what did you cook this week there wasn't anything to cook Right, but we ate dinner every night. Okay, How I made I made I made soup. I made many soups. I made many peanut butter and no, jellies. No, dinner. I'm going to talk about lunch when you were the only adult in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so for a little bit of <laughs> Right. So he was the only adult here. And so again, I say, what did you make for dinner this I week? I don't remember. I made because the answer's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. We hope you'll check us out. That's my spouse podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. All right, so go check out their show. Give them a listen. They are extremely funny. Talk a lot about married life and children, and uh, yeah, basically Jason's antics and. Which is the pretty much what married life is. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Let's get into the meat of our episode here. Yeah. Uh, this is this is one I've been looking forward to for a while. Yeah, we're gonna talk like, about book club. Yeah. Is, books. But we're gonna I know a lot about books. We're gonna do it a little <laughs> differently. Uh instead of we we had originally when we first surfaced this idea, I think it was about a year ago that this made yep. our list, our ideas list. We were originally going to pick a book, read it, and then to discuss it on the show. And <laughs> that, a, that would require you to have to read. Well, I do <laughs> I'm just I do kidding. read, but I'm I don't, just kidding. You and just I as our listeners will find out in this episode you and i read nothing similar at all no no and we read very differently 
Correct. You have what, seven, eight books going at once, typically? I think, I'm just looking at my, so I have four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, I'm reading nine different books at the current moment. Yeah, I used to be able to do that. I don't do that so much anymore. My daughter, my youngest, Jojo, does that. She, yeah. she does that where she'll have multiple books going at the same time. And I most think- of my, so the way I split it up, though, is like I'm reading a book that's like a, I don't know, like a professional development, I guess you could say. And then I'm reading a book for teaching. It's a way to, so I'm reading one book for one sort of job and I'm reading another book to help with teaching. They changed the curriculum for a couple of classes I teach and they're taking a lot of it from this book. So I want, you know, wanted to read the book. I'm reading a couple of poetry books. I'm reading a book for my daughter, my youngest daughter. Her class does a father-daughter book club. So I'm reading a book for that. Um, and then I'm reading like a fiction book for fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how I split it up usually. But I used to be where it used to be where I would read one fiction and maybe a nonfiction book at the same mm-hmm. time. But now I just try to stick to one and I've kind of moved on from reading to listening. Uh, sure. I have an issue with my eyes. Uh, I'm, I'm getting old, first of all, <laughs> and need bifocals to read now. So it's not yep. as oh, enjoyable you, as it used to be. Yeah. Uh, and and my eyes get real tired and, and sore from reading and being on the screen. So I it's hard. It, yeah. It's see, hard. I don't really read on the screen much. Well, so. I don't. I don't so much yeah. either. If I if even if I read a right. book, if I'm if I'm focusing on something, that's when I start sure. to get okay. gotcha. you know tired and, and goopy eyes. So so I've I've gone to mostly listening books, audible books. Uh, yeah. Which, which is a great way. I've done several. I, I think my audible library is up to like 140 books right now. Nice. I've had it. There's a the lot of there's years. a lot of con- not controversy, but there's a lot of people who swear by that and there's a lot of people like oh that's not really reading and i think it's great like any way you can consume that content yeah if 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 listening to it is the best way for you to consume it that's awesome i mean it was written for people to get (laughs) like you know listen to or read or whatever i think there is it, it it's not quite i mean this is kind of the same thing that you get with analog versus digital music too you've got the same sure same argument where yeah, it, it, there's a purity. There's something to be said about the purity of reading something, uh, right? And and forming the images and the characters and the characters' voices in your mind's eye, rather than having somebody read it sure. to you and having them kind of voice give voice to the characters. But that said, the books that I listen to, it's not like it's a super big production. It's typically one person reading through, reading it. and right. they they do altered voices for the different characters, but sure. just enough so you know which characters are are yeah. doing the dialogue, right? No, I think it's a great thing. I haven't made that transition myself, be, mostly because I still have time to just I make sure I have time to physically read, and a lot of my listening. A lot, I do listen to a lot of music, but a lot of my listening is podcasts. Yeah. Um, and so I just don't have the time to also listen <laughs> listen yeah. to books. But I know a lot of people that that have made that transition and it's really it's been like transformational for them, right? Yeah. I don't know, you could probably speak to this, but like, you know, they would say, Well, I don't really have time to read, or only you know, I only seem to be able to read one or two books a year, and now they're listening to books while they commute or yeah, while they drive, exactly and they're right. like, you know, two or three books a month. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, exactly um, where I was. Where yeah. I, I had a when I when I had to go into the office, I worked in Chicago sure. area, 
and it was like an hour, 15, hour, 20 minutes yeah. one way. So I would have almost three hours of listen time to either listen yeah. to books or podcasts or whatever. And I would do both. I, it would be a combination yeah. of, of both. But yeah, it mostly mostly the books because I started doing it on longer trips when I, I needed something mm-hmm. to kind of keep my mind busy and, and awake while I was driving because I'm kind of... My daughter's, my family thinks I'm ADHD. I, yeah. I tell them huh. I'm not. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but. Lots of squirrels on, when you drive, right? Yeah. Oh, look at, look at over there. So yeah. if I've got something, it, it helps me focus better. It's weird, but it helps me focus better on driving sure. if I've got something I'm able to listen to. And if it's yeah. music. Well, it, it forces your mind to. linearly focused yep yep yeah for sure and if i'm listening to music i'm ending i'm falling asleep and that's not good not good when i'm driving so yeah i I mean i listen to a lot of music on shorter trips and then on longer trips i'm like you but i listen to a lot of podcasts i try to catch up i'll listen to like seven episodes in a row or something you know right yeah um yeah for sure so anyway we have made the universal decision and decree on all that is sacred that listening to books is just fine um, and anybody that disagrees with us is wrong. And get, we'll get punched in the throat. Yeah, yeah, perfect. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> so um, when we talked about this, I think we talked about picking out some specific books, and I think, yep. I think I've got some of that, but this is difficult for me. This one's one where I'm not sure that I can pick out a favorite or even a top five favorite. This hmm. is something where I have loved books from very yep. little. I started reading yeah. really early, and there are so many books that I love for different reasons in different yep. courses of my life that I just I can't really pick anything out. So, in fact, I'm going to tell a story. Uh, when I was in third grade, my teacher, I don't remember this happening, but I remember the telling of the story or the retelling of the story sure. by my, from my parents, where apparently... I had a habit of reading library books in class when I was supposed to be listening or doing my work. Right. (laughs) So uh, there was one day when apparently I was so engrossed in the library book, I didn't hear the bell ring, and I didn't hear that the kids all went out for recess. So Hmm. uh, my teacher decided to sit there with me and just see how long it would take me to realize (laughs) that everyone else was gone. So apparently it took about 10 minutes before yeah. I looked up from the book and apparently I had this horrified look on my face where I was just in total shock. Like I thought I was going to get in trouble. Right. And uh, so she said something like, uh, they all went out for recess. Would you like to join them? And I nodded my head and then <laughs> yeah, yeah, took, off, <laughs> took off. But yeah. Yeah. I had the same problem. I read, I read all kinds of books through math class and, science class both of my daughters you know every time we go in for our parent teacher conferences you know the teachers are always like well she really loves reading and we really we really struggle with how to handle that because we don't want to tell her to stop reading but sometimes she needs to focus on something else right like that's been said multiple times in multiple parent teacher conferences for both of my kids (laughs) so i think it's a you know it's a family tradition for here anyway one of the uh, another story i had um and this this was some of the books that, that I still have of a hold I still hold a very special place for some of these books that I read as a kid. Sure. One of my favorite authors when I was in middle school was a guy by the name of Gordon Corman. And he okay. wrote he wrote what I would consider the funniest books I've ever read. Uh, <laughs> and the one that I remember very vividly reading in seventh grade, it's called I Want to Go Home. 
And it's about this kid that's gifted in sports that gets stuck at a camp that he doesn't want to be at. And they try to get him to play these sports. And his whole purpose is trying to escape the island that this camp is on and, <laughs> and get out of there. But, yeah, it's just – I remember – my classmates looking at me as I'm reading this book in class and I'm just literally right. laughing, chuckling during quiet reading time and I'm right. la laughing out loud and everybody's looking at me like, what the hell are you reading? What's wrong so with this kid? What's wrong with this man? Yeah. I remember the first books learning how to read. Um, you know, I see Sam and Sam ran and those kind of books were like in kindergarten, we used to get them as like the teachers would print them out and staple them, you know, yeah. um, as small little books. And we'd, we'd get to, once we finished learning how to read that book, we get to take it home. Um, you know, and I remember like having a collection of them and being so proud of just these books that I knew how to read, you know, I remember quickly just devouring everything I could, everything I could find. And there's other really close memories tied to books. I remember there's this, I don't, I don't, I couldn't find it today, but there's a book that I remember just like reading with my grandmother over and over and over and over and over again. Like every time I wanted to read a book with her from for as long as I could remember, it was this book, it was called just for you. And it was all about like this kid giving his grandmother these special things just for her, you know? And so yeah. it was just like, there's all these memories tied to these books. And to this day, like I would if you had to ask me, like, what are your favorite books? Both of my favorite books are kids' books that yeah. I remember yep. reading as a kid. One of the things, one of the memories that I have with reading is my dad and I have very similar reading preferences. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, we read similar genres in fictional books especially. And the where we really kind of cross over and combine, he likes a lot of, like, the murder, gruesome crap sure. that i don't like you know like, right. like stephen king that type of stuff i'm not a big fan yeah. of that but he did get me hooked on stuff like tom clancy and robert ludlum and um frederick forsyth and that whole kind of spy genre um and it started with patriot games the book patriot games by tom yep. clancy and I read that book. I must have read that book 20 to 25 times over the course of my life. Yeah. And in fact, I read it so I had read it so many times that when the movie came out, I was sitting in the movie and I was getting angry because the movie would leave key parts out or put stuff <laughs> in for the film that I was like that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Sure. They forgot sure. to put that. They didn't put that critical piece in. So <laughs> I vowed never to watch another Tom Clancy movie based off of the books because of that. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. So should we get into like some books? So yeah. Like, yeah. Let's talk about books. Yep. So I mentioned Just For You. I don't remember the author. There's a whole series of these books that, but Just For You, I think was the one that I remembered the most. But the two, two of my favorite books and Honestly, books that I've read almost the most are Where the Wild Things Are. Yeah. Um, I loved that book as a kid. I still love it. I bought, like, every time somebody has a baby, I buy that book for the kid. Um, <laughs> both of my kids, I bought that book for them when they were little. They wore it out. I bought another copy for them. That's a book that has been with me for literally longer than I have memory. Right. And the other book that... I loved as a kid, and I've read a bunch of times, but just resurfaced in my life in like the last six months is a book called The Phantom Toll Booth. Hmm. 
I was digging through some books the other day looking for something and I saw that book and I'm like, oh, I love that book. So I read it and then I immediately bought a copy for everybody in my family and we all read it together. It's just a really easy book to read. It's like a, it's almost like a young adult age book, maybe a little younger, like middle school-ish, maybe, you know, maybe a little bit before middle school. And everybody in the family just really loved it. And so it's it's become sort of like a thing that we all did together. It was really cool. So the Phantom Tollbooth. Norman Juster, I think, is the author. Storm and Norman. Storm and Norman Juster. Uh, so if you haven't read the Phantom Tollbooth, I highly encourage you to read it. Whenever I'm pressed, like I said before, whenever I'm pressed to what are what's your favorite book, I come up with those three. I've read some, again, some of the, the kids' books. I think I talked about the, the I Want to Go Home uh, basically yeah. there's probably seven or eight other ones by Gordon Corman I could name, uh, sure. still name off the top of my head, uh, including one series where the, uh, his two main characters are Bruno and Boots. They're two, <laughs> two kids at a, at a boarding school in Canada. Again, just funny, funny stuff. Yeah. Um, one of them that was a forced read that kind of stuck with me, at least the analysis of it and. The thought behind it, I haven't read it since then, but uh, Lord of the Flies had to read it for ninth grade oh, English. Oh man, I love that book. <laughs> That's a guy's book, I think. Yeah. That's not you know, I think boys love that book. It's it's definitely when, quotable in that age for sure. Girls don't. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like I said, w- with fiction, there was stuff that I got into that, like I said, the Ludlum, the Tom Clancy, the Frederick Forsyth, the books that really stuck out at me. That the pivotal is kind of a hard. Too, yeah, too strong yeah. of a term to use, but sure. definitely stick out as things that I remember and have read multiple times is, like I said, the Patriot Games, Robert Ludlum's Bourne trilogy. This was before oh, sure. it became the yep. movie and became super yep. successful as a movie series. Robert Ludlum also had um, two books that he wrote. One he wrote under uh, an assumed name because he was embarrassed by it because he didn't <laughs> think it would sell. And that was called The Road to Gandolfo. Hmm. It ended up being a comedy more than a serious book. He was known for writing like the serious, yeah, serious books, and uh, he explains it in the preface to the book why he wrote this and how this book came about. But the Road to Gandalfo was a huge book. I that one's I still reread every couple of years. Sure, uh, I've got them on Audible, and I'll be listening to them when we have our next trip. When when you were a kid, did you do so? One of the authors I read a ton of as a kid was Beverly Cleary. So like Ramona, yeah, um, that yep. series. My favorite for her is the Ralph S. Mouse series, yes. the Mouse and the Motorcycle. Yep, man, I devoured the Runaway Ralph. I devoured those. Yep, the- um, my kids loved those, loved those books, or still do love those books too. But that was one of the authors that I like. You know, you said you had this author as a kid that you read all of his books. That was one of the authors I read anything she wrote. I read it. For so. me, uh, the Hardy Boys was another one where yeah, I, see, I, I didn't really get into the Hardy Boys. All but of the Hardy Boys. Yeah. That's where my mystery love of yeah, mystery kind definitely. of started. That's awesome. You talked about this a little bit, but I have a couple of books that I would say are the books that I've read the most. Like I've reread multiple, 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 multiple times. There's two of them that I just love them. I just love the story. I love the idea of them. They have like a little bit of social commentary hidden in them, which makes me happy. Of course it but, does. Yeah. So the two books, I and I'd say both of these books, I've probably read each of these books 
no, I, I'd say no less than a hundred times. There was a point in my life where I just reread these two books over and over and over. It was pretty neurotic, but I did it. <laughs> but Fahrenheit 451, I don't yes, know if you've read that. I have right? read that, yep. That's that's a staple. Like it's like we talked about when we were on the Can We Still Be Friends podcast, where I go yep. back to the Pollock movie over yep. and over. That's a book that I go back to over and over and over again. Oh, there's definitely a lot of social commentary in that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the other one is this weird sci-fi book that I found in high school. A friend of mine recommended it, and I loved it. And then I ended up actually teaching it when I taught high school. It's called Day of the Triffids. T-R-I-F-F-I-D-S, Day of the Triffids. It's a sci-fi, and it's about the, it's these plants show up that are poisonous. They're, you know, imagine like a Venus flytrap, only sure. bigger and kills people. Yep. But their, their oil, the Triffid oil, is like, you know, useful for everything. So man has made Triffid farms, right? And gotten this Triffid oil. And one day there's this brilliant meteor shower and everybody like goes outside to look at it and they wake up the next day and they're all blind. And the main character is in a hospital and he had been stung by a triffid in his eyes. So he had his eyes bandaged up and he woke up the day after he had, he didn't see the meteor shower. And so he wakes up the next day and he's the only one of the only people left on earth that can see, huh. but it's just a really, it's a really entertaining book, but it's also like a book that kind of makes you think about things, which is kind of what I like in books. But if you have not read Day of the Triffids, I highly recommend it. Day of the Triffids. All right. it, you know, and if you're into sci-fi, it's a no-brainer. You'll love it, I I'm think. But Not so much. It's something where I never really got a lot into sci-fi. Sure. Not to say that I wouldn't, but yeah, it's just something that I don't know that it yeah. wouldn't be top of my list to go to. I so. taught, when I taught high school, I taught a sci-fi literature class, so... We read like Martian Chronicles and Time Machine, Day of the Triffids, Stranger in a Strange Land, all of these like, you know, monumental sci-fi books. Um, it was a great class. I literally enjoyed teaching it. So we're planning a vacation that's coming up here uh, okay. very soon. And I bought a book series to, to get started. Oh, I can see reading. the corner of it. Yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to hold it up here. It's the, the four... Tolkien books, the Hobbit yep. and the Lord of the and Rings the, trilogy. If you you haven't read them, uh, it's been a long time. Yeah, uh, it would if I did. I don't remember a lot of them. I haven't seen the movies. I saw the Hobbit movies. I haven't seen sure. the Lord of the Rings movies, uh, which my friends give my nerd friends give me a lot of crap about. I bet. I bet. They're but pretty good. I liked them. Because, and I think I've mentioned this before, we're playing a game, Lord of the Rings Online. I think we mentioned this when, mm -hmm. we, we, when we had Mike on the show. We were talking about it a little nerd bit. Nerd Weekend? Yeah, Nerd Week. Well, no, this is Nerd Online Gaming. That oh, we that's do right. That's regularly. right. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're playing the game <laughs> in the world of Lord of the Rings. So uh, I'm thinking that the read through this time is going to be different for me because I've got now right. a vision of, yep. okay, well, this is what happened here and this is what happened here. So I've got some sort of reference point for the book because of playing the game. Yeah, I read them, I read them back when I was in grad school. I had a job where... Like, I didn't do much. I was, I worked the front desk at a dry cleaner. Yeah, I remember that. And so, like, half of a half of the day was literally sitting there and waiting for people to come in and throw dirty clothes at me. With the poop their pants clothes. Yeah, we talked yeah. About that and story. then the other half of the day was, like, <laughs> sorting clean clothes. So I had a yeah. lot of time on my hands. And yeah. 
when I wasn't trying to do my thesis, I was reading. And so I read the, that, that trilogy I read, I remember reading it at Shooty. Name was Shooty Cleaners. <laughs> S-C-H-U-T-T. Shooty Cleaners I worked. In, Cincinnati. In Clifton, Ohio. We talked, I think we both talked a little bit about some of the fiction stuff that we like. Mm-hmm. What kind of fiction do you read now? I mean, I still read um, the same stuff I did as a kid. It's all more, more of the spy suspense action. Yeah, so... I have a weird relationship with fiction right now because a lot of my friends are either releasing first or second books or are release. I have one friend who's releasing a book a year. I mean, so he's like, so his 14th book is coming out like next month. And so he, and you would probably like him. I I should recommend him is David bell is his name. Like ringing the bell, David bell. Um, and yeah, there you go. Ring the bell. He, he is, suspense like they're all suspense books so you'd probably really like them Um, but his latest one is coming out uh, i think in a month and so i always try to make sure i read you know because i know him and sure i really like him as a writer and i really like his book so i read a lot of his stuff when it comes out my friend debbie kennedy came out with a book called tornado weather that i'm finishing up which is a really awesome book a kid i a kid he's not my age i went to high school with him his name is don zolitis he just released his second book there's more ya novels but he also writes plays mostly for like high schools and to put on and and schools to put on. Yeah. But he just released his second book. Um, His first book was set in Janesville where I grew up and there's a lot of similarities to a lot of people I know. So, Um, (laughs) you know, (laughs) which was fun to read. Exactly who he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun to read. Um, (laughs) So he has two books out now. One is called the seven torments of Amy and something. And the second one is called, I think, called War Games. It's uh, about a high school debate team. So I've been reading that. Most, I would say most of the fiction I'm reading right now is either stuff I've already read and I'm rereading or people that I know have written <laughs> books and released them. Yeah. And I've always had kind of a weird relationship with current fiction. Like, I, I don't do the Tom Clancy. I didn't really get into Stephen King. There's a few obscure authors that I've read some of their like first books when I heard about them that came out, that kind of thing. There's a book called Backpack that I really liked. I've never had like a really close relationship with current fiction, I don't think. You know, my degrees were in poetry, and so I read a lot of poetry. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, for the degrees and because I like poetry. I always hung out with people who were writers, and so I've read, I used to read like a lot of their stuff bef- like as it was, as they were writing it, too. Sure. Yeah, for me, like I said, this is the stuff I got into when I was a kid. Unfortunately, Clancy, Tom Clancy and Robert Lovem both passed away several years ago, actually. But both of their estates have farmed out. It's kind of a harsh term. But they've identified writers, uh, a, a few different writers that they work with that are true to the legacy and the tone of the yeah. books that these guys wrote. I mean, Tom the Clancy, characters can live on. Right. Tom, Tom Clancy used to get super technical, and the two guys that yeah. they have writing for him now uh, aren't quite as technical as him, but I don't... I think Tom used to get too technical, almost to the detriment of the story. <laughs> he had the... Uh, what did they call that? The Moby Dick syndrome, where right. like right. two-thirds of the book is talking about how to hunt a whale or yeah. what a ship does, and nobody cares. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> 
very detailed. He did a lot of research right. for his books and uh, brought a sure. lot of visibility to uh, the Navy specifically. Yeah, I'm still into those characters that I grew up with are still coming out with new content. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm able to continue to read those. And along the way, I've, I've found other books that I've, I found entertaining. And typically when I read or listen to a book, that's what I want to do. I want to be entertained by it, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. And I want to get into some of the nonfiction I enjoy yeah. here too. But fiction especially, I don't have a need to to read something to expand my horizons or... You know, right. I, I want something that I'm going to enjoy and something that, that's well, going to... You know, honestly, that's been our approach to most... I mean, you and I different on that in movies as well. Right. So that's, that's not a surprise to me. It doesn't shock me at all. Let's uh, pivot over to nonfiction. What kind right. of things do you like there? So you, you talked a little bit about kind of your self-help and your... Yeah, your... I mean, like I read stuff for work. You know, I read... Um, a book called oh i'm going to forget it now oh crap i'm so, going to have to look it up name while, while you're thinking no that's fine uh i have probably received or bought a 100 different books for self development and oh, yeah? i probably haven't read any of them any of them <laughs> it's like i get started i get started in them and i just lose complete interest and i'm just like this is uh, this is boring i don't want to i don't want to do this this is too much like school yeah, so, you know, most of the books that I read as far as like that are books that are recommended to me by whoever I'm kind of working with. Um, what I'm reading right now is called Brave New Work. Adam, what's his name? Adam Dingnan. You know, it's all about like leadership in the workplace and, and organization uh, in, in a company. And as a company grows, how do you change that organization structure. And that's a lot of what I'm kind of doing right now with one of the companies I work with. The, one of the books I'm reading for school is a book about like the death of the five paragraph essay, you know, why they can't write. It's called, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm a total nerd. Yeah. But other stuff I love to read that's nonfiction is I love biographies, right? I love reading books about people that I am interested in or respect or whatever. So I've read like every Dylan biography of, ever of written pretty have. much one of the you know one of my favorite biographies was ben bradley who was the editor of the washington post back when you know woodward and birdstein did their whole thing there's a really great uh, joe dimaggio biography i'm just looking at my biography shelf here but <laughs> i've read a, a lot a couple of different uh, hemingway biographies have been really good i read the alexander hamilton one that sort of sparked lin-manuel miranda to sure to write the famous musical now I've written. So one of my favorite uh, poets is Allen Ginsberg. I've read a couple of biographies on him that are really good. So I've got uh, a couple biographies on my list. One is, I want to pick up something. I haven't picked up which one yet about Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. I want to read something about him. Just some of the stuff I've read or yeah. seen. It's just a fascinating guy. I mean, yeah, for sure. He, he took a bullet to the chest and finished his speech. Yeah. Just yeah. Some of the things that I read again, uh, I've read stuff about spies spying. I've read yep. stuff about sure. I don't know if you know who Rick Ames is, but he was a um mm-hmm. he was a spy that used to work for the CIA that was spied for the Russians or the mm-hmm. Soviets back in the eighties and nineties and this this was about the, the FBI agent that caught him wrote wrote his yeah. his his yeah. own book and then there was another book i read about the russian agent that spied for the u.s or the great britain 
I think it was Great Britain for uh, on the Soviet Union. So just things like that. World War II history I, I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the non-historical uh, non-fiction books I've, I've gotten into. Uh, have you ever read Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil? I have not. I've no, and I don't think I, I've seen the movie. Yeah, so I have not read the book. I read the book and then I saw the movie. The, <clears throat> that movie was one of the few movies that I turned off without watching the whole thing. Really, just couldn't compare to the book. Huh? The book was so good and so entertaining and so uh, dynamic that the movie the movie seemed slow, plotting, and uninspired. So I would I would highly recommend that book. I'm that, writing it down as we yep. speak. And the other one that I've read recently, uh, it's been a while since I read Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, but the one I've read recently is called The Map Thief by Michael mm. Blanding. There's a couple titles out called The Map Thief. This is this is a nonfiction one by Michael Blanding, and okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna read the first couple lines uh, on Amazon. The story of an infamous crime, a revered map dealer with an unsavory secret, and the ruthless subculture that consumed him. So I didn't mm. think I'd ever get involved or think that maps and uh, the sure. selling and buying and selling of maps would be interesting to me. But this was a fascinating story about this guy that got caught up and allegedly had stolen yeah. millions of dollars of maps from libraries and booksellers and all kinds of yeah. places across uh, the U.S. and into Europe. So it's it's pretty pretty cool. fascinating read. Do you have any memory of like you know reading sort of the classics or what are considered the canon and i don't mean like the canon of like high school like you know i think we all had to read the red badge of courage or you know something like that but like you know anything like i got really into hemingway for a while you know i've read catcher in the rye you know a bunch of times that's sort of a classic yeah teenage angst book you know, Lolita, as we mentioned, in, and when we were again when we were on the podcast with Ryan and Nate, uh, can we still be friends? You know, Ryan and I—that was one of the uh, books that I don't want to say brought us together because that sounds really weird, considering what kind of book it is. But <laughs> that has one of like the most amazing opening line or opening paragraphs of any book I've ever read. Yeah. So, do you have like any of those type of books that you have in your past or stick with you? Um. And it may not be what you read, and that's fine too. I just didn't know if so, you know, any of those yeah, Lord so, of the Flies I would put in that category. Yeah, right? so we talked about I that. read stuff like uh, The Count of Monte Cristo. And oh yeah, sure. Lemiz Le and yeah. Um, what else? You know, like The Old Man and the Sea. Man, that like that book knocked my socks off. The Hemingway. You know, we I think in high school we read The Grapes of Wrath. Like everybody has yeah. to read The Grapes of Wrath. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I was reading. I think I read that. I read the Pearl. Oh yeah, the Pearl. At yep. one point, um, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of stuff that that I read that I don't know. Like like I said, I've got. I'm very specific in yep. what I'm looking sure. for in a book. And yeah, it didn't have a huge um, impact on you, and you'd rather read about <laughs> right. you know spies and and yeah, for sure. So the other stuff that I have on my list, I, I would be. It, it would be a crime if I we talked I had a whole podcast about books and I didn't talk about the fact that Bob Dylan wrote two books. Oh yeah, um, it would be a crime. Oh, thanks <laughs> so for he wrote listening, a book. everybody. We appreciate yeah. you. 
he wrote a book of poetry, and again, air quotes don't work very good on a podcast, called <laughs> uh, Tarantula. Um, if you can make it through the whole thing, you won't be too much better than before you started, but it's an interesting read. And I, then he he wrote Chronicles Volume 1, which was kind of like his autobiography. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get a Volume 2, but that's a good book. The other thing that I've read a ton of is obviously poetry, right? Right. So do you have any relationship with books of poetry? No. No? <laughs> I don't, I find that completely fascinating. <laughs> I don't find it that fascinating. Other than, like I said, other than the stuff I had to read in high read school or class. college, read sure. for class, yeah. Um, I have a copy of your book that you put out. Well, that's the best book of poetry, of course, <laughs> wow. ever written. Subjective. <laughs> it's it's a book of poetry, I think, by definition. <laughs> Ish, yes. That's about, that's about all we can say about it. <laughs> uh, I just, again, I don't want to have to think about something I'm reading. Like, Yeah, I get that's, it. That's why, that's why Jackson Pollock has become my new favorite artist is – yeah, that was his you don't line. have to think about it at all. Don't, well, don't, I have some... don't think about the painting. Just enjoy the Man, art, right? I have some poets. I'll get you a list of poets that you need to read. All right. There is, is no like thinking involved. Episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is I, no I think thinking I've, involved. I think I've read a book of limericks. Does that count? Uh, I think technically it does count. Yeah. Um, sure. Um, when I was in college and through grad school, about about a halfway through grad school, like I was really into the beat poets and beat writers. So Allen Ginsberg and Jack Kerouac and Gregory Corso and Lawrence Ferlinghetti and all of those guys, you know, on the road, I read Kerouac's on the road, like three, four times. Um, and I was really into Ginsberg. He has two books called one's called Howl and one's called Caddish. They're really involved and really sort of instrumental into my writing at the time. But I also really got into, Local poets, so Susan Fear was a professor of mine, F-I-R-E-R, and she wrote some really, really amazing books. Uh, Sharon Olds, and then all the classics, you know, the um, Emily Dickinson and Sylvia Plath, that kind of stuff, and Sexton. But my, I would say from probably my senior year of high school through the last second of my grad school, like all I read was probably poetry. Right. Um, and as my writing changed, obviously the correlation was the people I read changed. You know, I went from sort of more narrative imagery poetry into some weirder stuff like Tom Rayworth and Basil Bunting and Ron Silliman and, and some really like, I know I'm nerding out, but like really experimental poets. Can you see my eyes glazing over? Yeah, yeah, you're starting to glaze over. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking about it pretty soon here. But there's some books like there's some books of poetry that I think everyone should experience. I would say, you know, Ginsburg's howl. It's short. It's just, you know, it's a poem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody should read that. I think everybody should read, you know, some poems, some Emily Dickinson poems are just like, there's just some really amazing poems in there. You know, as you experience with my poetry book, I don't exactly follow this very accessible <laughs> sort of writing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So and take I, it take your suggestions as they come. I on guess. that note, let's uh let's take a quick break. I think we're 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 drawn to a close here, but before we close yeah. out, we wanna promote another young woman that just graduated from college. Yes, uh, our congratulations. Our from arbitrary congratulations, advice. B. 
Uh, and she just got engaged not too long ago. Yeah, we talked about that a little Big bit. Big changes going on in B's life. Yeah, no kidding. So congratulations, B. We're excited for you for this next yep. chapter of your life and looking forward to We have all to... kinds of advice that you shouldn't listen to, so just reach out <laughs> yeah. if you need anything. <laughs> oh, so before we listen to B's promo, uh, yeah. our friend Charlie and his wife Christiana are having another baby. Oh man, do we have to have a? Now you're going to have two kids episode. We with Charlie? are going to have to. He's going to have a, a little girl. It's he's announcing oh, on no, Facebook, yeah? so it's Facebook official now. So we can talk oh, about uh, it a little bit. It's it's so Facebook we'll have to have official. Him, we'll have to get him back on the show. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to have some updates, and then we'll have to tell him how going from one to two isn't like doubling; it's like exponentially. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Adding so things on. Be- before we get into that, let's listen to B's promo here. All right. B. This is B and her show, Arbitrary Advice. Hey guys, this is B from Arbitrary Advice, your one-stop shop for advice, arbitrary and otherwise. We talk about anything and everything, from serious issues to internet challenges and life hacks. Have a question or topic you want covered? I'm available through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or email me at arbitraryadvicepodcast at gmail.com. My mission is to help people through their challenges, no matter the size. New episodes every Sunday and available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So check out her show. Listen to yeah. it. She releases usually every Sunday, unless she's uh, got something with school going you know, on. But yeah, planning a wedding uh, or something. Planning a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's been doing these really fun stuff. little things where she tries weird like candy from gas stations. Those have been yes. super fun. Yeah, we love B. Go check her out. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We appreciate you uh, supporting us. Probably the best way to support us is to tell a friend about us. Yeah. And send them to our website, twobeardsplease.com. Yep. We're on all the social medias. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at twobeardsplease. We have a phone number, I think. Do we still have a phone number? We, we do still have a phone number. We haven't gotten right, a voice it? message uh, in a long time, though. Yeah, we're waiting for Terry from Belfast to call in. <laughs> he keeps sending us <laughs> messages in other ways, though. Like, yeah, no, I love it, man. I just want to hear I want to hear that Belfastian voice booming in my voicemail. <laughs> Two, our number is 262-345-7076. Oh, let me get my crayon out of my nose. Write this down. I All never right. remember. 262-345-7076. And if you want to call and, and have a voicemail discussion about um, postmodern American poetry from... Oh. 1950 to modern times and how it's changed the course I'll, of writing. I I'll let you gladly feel that would. One. Oh, sorry. Was I talking again? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> professor. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thanks everybody. Listen to our friends, B and yep, that's, my, that's spouse. my spouse. Check them both out. Give thanks them a for listening to me ramble on about poetry. I don't get to do that very often anymore. I don't know if we're going to listen Nate'll to edit it. I'm show. sure Nate will edit it all out. I may have to. So it'll go from like, <laughs> hey, that's a great book. Oh, thanks for listening, everyone. Andrew doesn't like books. Um, <laughs> so if that happens, call in and demand him or that he releases the files. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thanks, everybody. Be kind to each other. Be good to each other. Yeah. Don't be a dick. Exactly. That's the rule. Yep. All right. Take care. See you. Bye. That was a Titan Cast episode.